0: Missing. What? Jack Wagner, he's in all my dreams. There he is! Jack! You made it! Well, where am I? In my dream! This all seems so real. Well, I'm a pretty visual person. Like, remember the time you rescued me from the evil King Herbert and we got married at Stonehenge? No, not really. But how could you forget? You promised to love me forever and ever. Jenny, get a grip.
1: Ladies, gentlemen, Mr. Rothwell. Welcome to episode number 13 of Sabrina's Witch Trials. I'm Alexander hedon and of course this is the show where each week I grab a friend and we go back into the mid-1990s to re-watch, review, and reminisce all about everybody's favorite Friday Night spell fest, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, let me tell you, folks, if you like uh, to find out what millennials do in their spare time when they're not ordering expensive coffee drinks and Snapchatting, you know, organs to one another, we record shows about 20-year-old teen podcasts. I have a very special treat for you guys, uh, as it is the holiday season. It's always a season to be with your family. I thought this episode of Sabrina's Witch Trials, I grab, and I say this every week, but it doesn't make it any less true, one of everyone's favorite guest stars, Phil Araujo, my brother and yours, mostly mine, uh, I thought I'd grab him and have him talk about a surprisingly good episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, I thought. Uh, Phil, how you doing? Good, how are you, Al? Great to have you uh, with me. I'm doing great, as always. <laughs> when you don't do much, you're doing pretty great all the time, what we tell you. Um, I thought it was a really good episode, Phil. What did you think, As before we get into all the bits and bobs of this episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch?
2: Well, I mean, I'm going to leave my uh, my analysis for the final part. But uh, on average, I think uh, this is an above-average uh, episode for Sabrina. I agree. Uh, y- yeah, usually it's uh, you know not as I wouldn't say not as good as this one, but mm-hmm. this one is probably uh, middle of the row towards uh, better than most. I would say.
1: I wholeheartedly agree, Phil. How was your holiday season? We're recording this on Boxing Day.
2: It is Boxing Day. and, uh, and My holiday season's good. Uh, as you know, uh, I've I've had a visitor here from New York, uh, one of your regulars.
1: That's true. Friend of the show and media maven f- over at ChrisConkers.com, Chris Adoushi.
2: Yeah, so uh, she's been spending the holiday here with me. And for those of you out there uh, who don't know, I'm actually recording this from, uh, from Ohio with that's Al true. in New York. So... Um, Hopefully this all works out.
1: Yes. Any audio uh, irregularities you notice, you can blame on Skype and on Microsoft as well. They aren't the best. Um, But this is going to be a fun (laughs) time. Uh, Phil, something the the listening audience might not know is you have had quite the reprieve the last couple of days because um, you work for –
2: um well i do i actually i can't say that i work for them Uh huh. i work for a major shipping company fair enough that's officially who i work for fair enough uh but yes for the last uh 30 days i've only had four days off so uh it's been a little crazy uh but thankfully you know santa's delivered all their packages so we're all good to
1: go absolutely uh <laughs> Yeah, but this must have been quite the hectic holiday season for you in particular. Um, it hasn't been
2: as crazy as some of the other ones I've been involved in. Uh, you haven't
1: had to lift many Little Giant ladders?
2: Not, not, no. Um, that's where I started was uh, unloading trailers. And uh, I when, when Little Giant first came out, that used to be uh, one of the big things we dealt with. And it, it was a disaster.
1: Yeah, uh, but, I, I just just looking at them. I've never actually owned one, but that must be a hell of a lot of steel. So like, yeah, no fun.
2: But it's not Sabrina. So it's, we got to talk about Sabrina. Yeah,
1: people don't want to hear about this. <laughs> why why would, why would people who listen to a podcast about Sabrina the Teenage Witch expect discussion about Sabrina the Teenage Witch? They're fooling themselves. Oh, come on Al. Let's let's get let's get to it. All right, let's start the show. And Phil, as you know, I uh, I start every episode of Sabrina's Witch Trials by asking my guest to describe that episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch in a set number of words. I'm going to ask you to describe episode 13 in 11 words.
2: Ugh. Well, unfortunately, unlike last time, I was a, a lot better prepared last time. I've caught him with his pants down, folks. Well, well, not. Nah, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, Far from the first time, <laughs> folks. Uh, but in any case, uh, this is going to take a minute, Al. So uh, through the magic oops, uh,
1: of through the magic of editing, <laughs> it will take no time at all, Phil.
2: All right, you ready, Al? I totally am. Jenny gets herself caught as a grasshopper. Jack Wagner looks lost.
1: Very true. God, Jack Wagner, we'll get into him in a little while, but... (laughs) In the great pantheon of Sabrina the Teenage Witch guest stars, uh, he ranks somewhere towards the bottom.
2: Well, you also have to remember, uh, I believe this episode is in January of 97, so, like, Jack Wagner is pretty much the... uh, Justin Bieber of the time, you know.
1: Yes, uh, he was on Melrose Place at the time.
2: He was. I mean, he's a he's a big star.
1: Man, All right, let's get going there, Phil. Uh, episode thirteen, as I said, Jenny's non-dream first aired January tenth, nineteen ninety-seven. Sixteen point two million viewers, a ten rating, a sixteen share, and the forty-third most viewed piece of television on broadcast TV that given week. We open in the seldom scene spellman Laundratorium, where hilda enters to catch a pantsless sabrina thank you cleaning her jeans she warns sabrina she's going to be late for school but she explains that she still has to dry her jeans and hilda tells her to just make ones with magic because finally they're realizing that magic is useful for certain things apparently sabrina doesn't want to because they come out too stiff uh, as Sabrina goes to dryer jeans, she notices that the dryer doesn't start, causing her to think that the wind trap needs cleaning. Hilda stops her, however, as she notes that it's a magic dryer, and it fluffs, folds, and doesn't woo socks, but it's been on the fritz lately. Lately apparently being the last 30 years, as she called the repairman, and he's due sometime between 1968 and 1998 uh sabrina then wisely here decides to just wear the clammy jeans but as she reaches into the dryer to grab them a winty hand reaches out and grabs them first starting a literal tug of war over this pair of i'm gonna guess mud or jordash jeans as uh, we go to the opening with sabrina shrieking in terror
0: hey they're stuck
1: Phil, yes. What did you think of Pantsless Melissa Joan Hart in 1997?
2: Uh, two things. One, I thought they may have been guest jeans. Maybe
1: that's a, that's a possibility. Also,
2: I mean, it is the 90s. Either, like you said, Jordache, but I, I was maybe guessing. Guess Mud. Mud's a good one too. Yeah. Uh, and two, who the heck? Is Wadsworth soccer?
1: I I honestly I did I did some Google searching in this and uh-huh. and as as we know I discovered that great uh that great hidden gem about that book from episodes and episodes ago, I I googled for like a good twenty minutes I couldn't find anything.
2: Wadsworth soccer. I mean I I didn't know I mean we never known for her to live in Wadsworth or be in Wadsworth, uh. But I, you know, I thought it was gonna be you know. Something like the, the the school soccer team, but right. not Wadsworth.
1: I thought it might have been like a team that Melissa Joan Hart played on, and she's just like wearing it as like a, a you know to call out that team. Right. I couldn't find anything about it. Hmm. Uh, that being said, Melissa Joan Hart with no pants on pretty sure every prepubescent male viewer and one very specific twenty four year old podcaster started hyperventilating
2: <laughs> uh let's see january ninety seven I was uh fourteen getting ready to turn on fifteen. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the episode in, d- in great detail, uh, but I mean, if I was watching it, I probably was uh wondering why that shirt was so long.
1: It's pretty solid for many reasons. I also like the, the whole exchange between the two because one, you know, it finally starts to sink into the whole family and the whole like writing staff that magic exists in their lives, so they would rely on magic a lot. So I like Hilda just saying, you know, just use the magic that you have and make a pair of jeans and get the hell out of here.
0: Hey, shouldn't you be going to school? Yes. And shouldn't you be wearing pants? They're still wet. So. Use magic to make new ones. Magic jeans come out all stiff and new. These are broken in.
2: More importantly, why is she washing or drying her jeans just making a new pair?
1: <laughs> that was the thing that got me also. It was like, okay, so Sabrina fairly, I guess, doesn't want to make magic jeans because they come out stiff and, when they're new. But That's why true. why doesn't she just like magically dry them? Can't she do that?
2: Yeah pretty much uh
1: but 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 otherwise i thought a really nice opening and uh fun to see a seldom seen room in the Spellman house
2: that's true um going on to the uh the uh after the intro with her looking in the mirror did you see what she was wearing
1: uh i don't think i remember what she was wearing
2: she was wearing a race car suit um pretty much looked like something out of herbie oh that's true yes yeah. But I, I have a connection, though, that I've I've made, and I, I will later on divulge what the connection is. is I it... think I found an Easter egg.
1: Oh, Phil. Oh, prepare yourself. Working overtime here. Yes. In the Spellman kitchen, Zelda is making sugar cookies with the assistance of a magic mixing spoon, and uh, sadly for Salem, there's no liver in them. Sabrina soon enters from a sleepover at Jenny's and recounts all the boring goings on with honestly just just too much fucking excitement.
0: Hey, I'm back. Did you have fun at Jenny's? It was amazing. Last night we had casserole, played Monopoly, and then we watched TV. How will you ever wind down? It was so much fun to be in a normal house with a normal family doing normal things.
1: Uh, she explains how nice it was to be in a normal house, and Zelda gets a little offended, asking if this is why she never invited Jenny to sleep over. Sabrina's answer is basically, yeah, fucking duh, and uh, a more offended Zelda then says that she can be as normal as anyone before starting to mix the cookies by hand like a Pioneer Woman would.
2: <laughs> a Pioneer Woman. Just like, Shout out to the Pioneer Woman on, uh, <laughs> on Food Network. <laughs> on Food Network.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a listener. Uh, she then tells Sabrina to invite Jenny to sleep over uh, next Friday night, as she'll cancel her book club. Sabrina then says she might forget, and Zelda uses a reminder smell, smell, a reminder spell, which is basically just, uh, you know, child abuse, to help her remember. This being like a, like a sort of pinch. Ow. Zelda then promises everything will be super normal, just as Hilda rides in on a pony, offering games of miniature polo which honestly sounds kind of fun.
2: I'd but play Metropolo.
1: Definitely not for the horses, though, because like they're small horses, and like they have to carry full-grown uh, people. Yeah,
2: but they're horses. They're used to carrying stuff on their back. I mean, it looked pretty fun. I mean, she was pretty well-dressed, ready to go. She was.
1: Uh, later at Westbridge, Sabrina is still regaling people with tales of board games at Jenny's, and nobody cares. Honestly, nobody cares. Shut up, Sabrina. Let it go.
0: So then Jenny 's dad landed on Park Place, and to pay the rent, he had to borrow the money from her little brother. It was super funny. My family can't play board games, not since the pictionary incident. I still can't talk about it.
1: Harvey does tell us that his family has a dark past with board games, though more uh, <laughs> more gum, more deep, dark <laughs> secrets from harvey 's family life. jeez. <laughs> Jenny notes that her family loves Sabrina, and that she should come over again, which Sabrina accepts right away, before feeling a pain in her leg. Believing it was a kick from Harvey, she goes back and asks Jenny what time she should come over before getting another pain, and remembering that it's one of Zelda's reminders. Sabrina says it's her turn to host, which Jenny says sounds fun to her, but Sabrina tells her to consider it because she has two really weird aunts. Jenny then basically goes into a protracted monologue about how she loves weird before Harvey, being a saint here, cuts her off, telling Sabrina that Jenny will fit right in. Harvey, (laughs) looks. he gets a pain in the leg and uh, he finds out that there's no secret reminder for him. That was just a kick from Jenny. Uh, Phil. Yes, sir. First thing I want to talk about in these two scenes is... Again, I I love the practical effects on this show, and I thought the effect of the magical mixing spoon looked amazing.
2: I think it looked pretty good. Right. Um, I, it did. Uh, but then after you know she started mixing it like a pioneer woman, yeah, it just stopped there mid air. It just stopped. It just stopped moving.
1: Right. What I think I figured they probably had like a like a either a crank or like a mechanism. Right. U- in, you know, underneath the counter that was mixing it. Yeah. And the the best part is neither the magic mixing spoon or Zelda can mix anything with and keep it in the bowl. Uh, that's
2: so true. There was there
1: was flour everywhere. Honestly, well, just like a pioneer woman would, spilling half <laughs> it on the table.
2: Yes, you know we're pioneer people, and we need to save all the flour we have. But nope, we'll just spill it everywhere.
1: And I you know I did make fun of uh, Sabrina for you know getting super excited about board games and and boring shit but i do like the motivation and the thought process here because you know of course sabrina is yearning for mundane mortal life because she had that ripped away from her when she just found out she was a witch and ever since magic has always consistently bit her in the ass in one way or another writing wise i like that
2: yeah i i agree with you um yeah it's it's um like you said she she's used to the abnormal Mm-hmm. And to finally see something normal, as she says, you know, we just sat around, played Monopoly, had dinner and watched TV. For her, that is like the fortress of solitude. That's what exactly what she wants yeah. uh, in a life.
1: What stuck out to you here, Phil? What's that? What stuck out to you here, Phil? Uh,
2: well, there's a couple of things that stuck out to me. Uh, one being uh, the Zelda reminder. Yes. I was wondering to myself, is, was this the original Google reminder? It, it was in a way. <laughs> uh, because you got to think about it, you know, we, before, you know, smartphones and all these wonderful things that we had, I mean, you would just forget stuff. You would, you know,
1: honestly, you couldn't really re-air *Supreme teenage witch now because like every teenager watching it would just be so unimpressed. It's yes. Like, I can do most of this stuff with my iPhone right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Uh, And then, like you said, with uh, Harvey's deep dark past with Pictionary, the Pictionary incident, I would love for him to, like, delve a little bit deeper into what the Pictionary uh, incident was. Yeah. Do you have any, like, guesstimates of what it could have been?
1: It's like every time we hear about Harvey's family and Harvey's dad, it's like, oh, man – my dad, he, he's real mean to me. Oh, he treats me real bad. Oh, we can't play Pictionary because there was an incident. It's like, no wonder Harvey is trying to date Sabrina and always be at the Slicery. His home life is just abysmal. I just
2: wonder what the, the incident could have been.
1: I imagine that like his father drew like something really easy, like a boat, and he kept guessing everything but boat. <laughs> so when his father just hit him with a belt 50 times or something. <laughs> Car. Building, tractor trailer, uh water, water car. You're getting real <laughs> close, Harvey. <laughs> also, speaking of child abuse, uh, Jenny's parents clearly had a bit of child abuse on their mind when they made her wear that hideously busy sweater.
2: Ooh. Uh,
1: powder blue on top, purple on the bottom, and divided by like, Grandma's favorite white lace. Yep. Not, not by far, not the worst thing Jenny wears in this episode, but. Uh,
2: no, no, I don't. Yeah, we'll talk about that here later on.
1: (laughs) We'll get there soon. (laughs) Later at Sabrina's house, uh, she's surveying her room to make sure everything looks nice and normal for when Jenny comes over. And uh, she notices her magic book and puts it under her bed. But the damn thing is apparently sentient and doesn't want to stay down there. She eventually trains it to be under the bed, before telling Salem that he needs to work on his meow to make it nice and convincing. Because, you know, he was humid at one point. Uh, Meow? Meow. His first try is basically just Nick Bacay saying the word meow. 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 Just like that. And uh, Sabrina is not impressed. He tries again and squeezes out a bit of a cattier meow, and while he thinks it's cliched, she, (laughs) she likes the sound of it. Meow! She then realizes that Something is still off in her room, and uh, after a bit of magic and some clothes flying out of her drawers, she notes that it was just way too neat for a teenager. Uh, She then tells Salem that this could actually be a bit of fun, and he really sweetly and kind of nicely tells her that he's happy for her and that he thinks she should be able to have friends over.
0: And you know, Salem, this could be fun. I'm happy for you, Sabrina. You should be able to have friends over. Or in other words... Meow.
1: As they come down the stairs, they're greeted by Zelda pumping pillows the colonial way, which draws sarcasm from Sabrina, and, I mean, rightly so. She notes something smells weird as Zelda tells her Hilda is cooking, and she then runs off frightened towards the kitchen. She soon arrives to a Leave it to Beaver episode, Sorry. Uh, Hilda, in her best 50s dress and hairdo, who greets her as Kitten, for some reason, and tells her she made tuna noodle casserole. Ugh. Yeah.
0: Hi, Kitten. I just made tuna noodle casserole. What do you think? (laughs) I think you're both overdone.
1: She then uncovers a dish and is met with a giant cartoonish plume of white smoke. Sabrina then makes the daddiest of dad jokes there, and uh, gives Hilda a list of possible dinner discussion topics, including towels. A doorbell then rings, but uh, Sabrina is shocked to find out that it's a doorbell to the upstairs linen closet, as Zelda guesses they have guests from the other realm. They then all head upstairs to answer it, despite Sabrina's pleas that they just pretend they're not home. Uh, Phil. Yes. Getting back to uh, Sabrina's room cleaning and and everything that goes on there, I thought the whole exchange between Sabrina and Salem was really kind of nice, as it starts to illustrate the special relationship they have throughout the series.
2: Yeah, you get almost like... um... I want to say like uh, maybe like an older brother, like a sibling, like an older sibling and a younger sibling kind of relationship going on. Right. Um, but yeah, it, he he needs to work on his meowing and it needs to be more catty is what she says.
1: It's true. I, I just like it because, as you said, there is that like confidant relationship there yeah. where Sabrina will throughout the series just oftentimes go to Salem first when she has a problem with magic or anything else. Mm-hmm and while they do get irritated at each other often you know it's it's a catalyst for a lot of episodes like right. brother and sister or siblings uh there is always that love there and i and I, I really like this illustration of it even though it was really small considering everything uh what did you think of all the leave it the beaver stuff uh
2: well uh have you ever had tuna noodle casserole al
1: Literally, I've had tuna casserole one time because our mom got the bad idea of making it, and then she made it, and then nobody liked it, and we never had it again.
2: Yeah, tuna noodle casserole is not uh, the greatest thing to make. Even if – I mean, out of all the casseroles to make in the world, I'd say tuna noodle is probably like the last one to make.
1: There's something about hot tuna that –
2: yeah, something about uh, tuna and hot never works. You know, tuna salad's good and, you know, all these other tuna. Uh, I love tuna salad. I love tuna. Yeah. But hot tuna, no n- not so much.
1: I did think um, Caroline Ray looked really good in the dress she was wearing, though.
2: I think she did look very good. I right? think uh if we had a, a if we you know, we always have the, the award for the worst, but if mm-hmm. if it was the award for the best, she definitely probably won it today.
1: The front of the linen closet. <laughs> the,
2: yes. The uh yes, the uh, the front of the linen closet.
1: <laughs> uh no, I, I think something about like the collar worked for her and even the hair wasn't that bad. I also thought that Sabrina's like cardigan over like crop T shirt. Yes. Looked pretty good too. It was like Oddly conservative, and yet oddly sexy at the same time. Mmm. The sexiest of both worlds. (laughs) Anything else you want to touch on here, Phil?
2: Um, No, but we're coming up on, uh, I think, a major uh, revelation here shortly, but go ahead.
1: When the Spellmans open the door, they discover that the dryer repairman has decided to stop by tonight, only took him 28 years from when he was due, or 29 years? 68 to 9 29. 29. Uh, as Hilda shows him to the laundry room downstairs, Sabrina realizes that Morty, as his uh, name tag says, has a big fluffy squirrel tail. But Zelda tells her not to be rude while mentioning it. Downstairs, Sabrina says he can't stay as he has a tail, and Salem doesn't understand the problem at all. Zelda then asks if Sabrina is a rumpist. You know, a person who judges others by their rear ends. By the way, I totally am.
0: He can't stay. He has a tail.
1: What's wrong with having a tail?
0: Sabrina, you aren't a rumpist, are you? A rumpist? What's a rumpist? Someone who judges others by their rear ends. No. (laughs) Okay, not usually. It's not me I'm worried about, it's Jenny. Is she a rumpist? No, but if she sees a repairman with a tail, she might get suspicious. Oh, relax. We'll keep him out of sight. He'll fix the dryer and be gone before you know
1: it. Sabrina basically says some of her best friends have tails, she just doesn't want her daughter marrying one with a tail. No, sorry. What she says is that uh, she's really worried about Jenny and how she'll react. Zelda then hilariously just asks if she's a rumpus, and uh, notes that she'll just keep Morty out of Jenny's sight and everything will be fine. Just then, the real doorbell rings, announcing Jenny, as Sabrina runs off to answer the door. Uh, As she answers it, they gab a bit, and Sabrina gives her the grand tour of the house. Basically, just a look at the living room and all the nice things they own. My worldly possessions. There's a piano, there's some lovely throw pillows, all great stuff. After that amazing tour, they sit down to eat, and we cut to Caroline Ray honestly doing a fantastic job of being super excited about talking about towels
0: from the hand towel to the guest towel, the beach towel to the bath sheet, towels have helped make our nation great. Towels.
1: Just as she starts to change the subject to the collapse of the economy on the Isle of Man, Zelda spots Morty wrestling with a Winty child and asks Hilda to help her clear the dishes, quote unquote. In the kitchen, Morty tells him that they have a, quote, Wint gremlin. That's a thing now. And and that he got a piece of him. Uh, Zelda asks if he can catch him quickly, as their niece has a mortal over, and a surprised Morty says that he'd tuck in his tail if it didn't tickle. The aunties then return to the dining room with a gigantic apple pie, and Jenny offers to retrieve the ice cream as she's had manners forced into her by her parents probably through the use of ugly sweaters uh while she's retrieving the ice cream sabrina marvels at how well everything is going and her aunties fill her in about the loose gremlin just then they of course hear a scream from the kitchen because well that's how you would write this episode phil yes Rumpists.
2: rumpus they're a thing
1: let's talk about rumpus for a second it's legitimately one of the funniest things on Sabrina Teenage Witch so far. The idea is funny. It works on a lot of levels. Beth Broderick's performance is fucking hilarious. And honestly, it's a great illustration of the differences between like the mortal realm and the other realm. I thought, it, it, in, in mass, just a great idea and well-performed.
2: Well, is Sir uh, mix a the original Rumpus, then?
1: I would think so. Um, I would
2: say he's the original rumpist.
1: I mean... I'm pretty sure everybody judges people by their rear ends. I know I do. Rump- I mean, <laughs> how could you not? Like,
2: uh, he's the original Rumpus. That's that's uh, that's the way I'm going to go call it.
1: I, I mean, part of what makes it so great is a, like the the repairman Morty is legitimately one of the nicest guys like on this entire show. Yes. I mean, he, he he's friendly. He he's a nice old man, and he even offers to tuck his tail in. Well. But Sabrina gets all judgy about his tail. I mean, God, what a jerk! Uh, you know. said you said there was a bit that popped up that we needed to discuss here, Phil.
2: Yes. So um, the repairman Morty, uh, who's played by Chuck McCann, um, yes. he is. He's got a couple of other notable uh, performances. One, he was the voice of Duckworth in Ducktales. He was, yeah. And two. He also appeared in Herbie the Love Bug. So in Herbie Rides Again, uh, Mr. McCann uh, appears, where in the beginning we had Sabrina in her uh, racing outfit uh, with the stripes uh, looking like Herbie the Love Bug. So are they just coincidences, or is that uh, something for us to delve into? I don't know, but it seems seems pretty – you might want to add that to the trivia, Al.
1: I love it. I'll be on IMDb later.
2: <laughs> I'll I'll uh, I'll let you uh, get the claim to fame on that one.
1: <laughs> also, I, I want to say, as good as the r- whole rumpus thing is, and by the way, a, a lovely bit of research on Phil's part. Well done, Phil. Thank you, sir. Uh, Hilda's whole towel discussion is just as good. Like <laughs> the-, uh,
2: the they for they force poor Hilda to talk about towels. Uh, And, you know, she I think I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, one of the ones that she ends up talking about is uh, uh, where is it? Uh, Dinner towels. Was it a dinner towel?
1: Uh, Bath uh, towels.
2: Bath towels. That's right. I'm sorry. Bath towels. She starts talking about the bath towel. Uh, So, yes, uh, you know, all the types of towels like bath towels. And then we get a yawn
1: from uh, Salem. (laughs) Yes. Which, by the way. If you're trying to not seem like a weird family, why is your cat eating at the dinner table? (laughs) What Uh, the fuck?
2: uh, uh, I believe the line is, from hand towels to the guest towels, the beach towel to the bath set, towels have helped make our nation great, is what Hilda says.
1: That is one of my favorite (laughs) lines from this episode. Just the phrase, towels have helped make our nation great. (laughs) Uh, Towels will make
2: America great again.
1: I do. I, I love when people like take anything and just say, oh, it's as American as blank. Oh, that has helped make this country great. It's like, come on, politicians. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that video of Ted Cruz talking about queso?
2: <laughs> no.
1: It's amazing. Like, there was there because recently there was this competition between Texas queso and I think Arkansas queso. And and he's like, oh, Texas queso—that's that, that's meant to like be eaten with a tortilla chip and dribble down your chin, as where Arkansas cheese dip is something reserved for fancy tea parties. And it's like, one, I get it—you're representing Texas, but it's like, who? What tea party? What what old ladies are just <laughs> tea and queso? Anyway, go go listen to that, folks, because it, it's a great comparison of like. Blank, I'm talking about Blank. Blank has made our country great. Also, let's talk about fashion here for a second because I I said Jenny's fashion gets worse and not better. She walks in wearing, and I'm just reading some of my notes, I can't believe it's true, a green, like a leafy green sweater underneath black overalls. I don't know where she shops, I don't know what she, if she's colorblind, I don't know what happened in her mind that said, I've got a great outfit for a sleepover, but I was getting worried that there weren't enough contenders for the back of the linen closet. And then she walked in and made my day. Shame on you, 90s. Anything else you want to touch on here, Phil?
2: One other thing. Uh, when Sabrina answers the door from Jenny, mm. um, she says, You're here. And then Jenny says, you too. Well, yeah, she's there. It's her house. (laughs) I mean, what would you expect her to be? Jenny loves weird. Oh, Jenny is weird, all right.
1: Good word. All right, Phil, here we go. To the Spellman's relief, Jenny was just screaming because she saw a spider, which Sabrina plays off as great because they eat other bugs. It is great. It is, they are pretty great things. Although, I kill them every time I see them in my house. I'm not, yeah, I don't, don't
2: fuck. Don't tell my wife. She Don't tell my wife I said that.
1: Honestly, I have a deal with all spiders. If I don't see you, you can live in my house all you want. <laughs> the second I see you, you're dead. There you go. You're dead to me. Anyway, Sabrina distracts Jenny with ice cream. Smart move. While Morty chases Winty. And she soon challenges Jenny to a race to her room. Which she hilariously helps her win through... A lot of pushing. That's right, you're in front of me, you're winning. I, I honestly, another great joke.
2: Yeah, she pushes I, her up the stairs and goes,
1: Look, you're winning. I thought it was great. <laughs> hey, uh, how about we uh, look at that ice cream? Yeah.
0: Wow, you got lots of flavor. Oh, it's all non fat. Okay, let's go to my room. Hey, let's race. Look, you're winning.
1: Just then, the doorbell rings again. And to Zelda's surprise, it's the members of her book club, Velia and Erwin, two literal giant brains encased in colorful liquid tubes. Zelda asks if they got her email canceling the meeting, but Velia explains that they had to cancel their AOL because someone couldn't stay out of the chat rooms. (laughs) That was such a good line. Yes, I'm going to need you to explain that a little bit later because, you know, me being a hip young millennial, I don't understand what AOL (laughs) or chat rooms are. (laughs) uh, Boys and girls gather
2: around the campfire as I tell you tales about dialing into the internet.
1: (laughs) The the idea that you had to pay for email also was was (laughs)
2: confusing. (laughs) That and uh, that, you know, you just didn't turn on your phone and have internet. You actually had to dial into it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Hilda is understanding of their troubles, including how the taxi won't be back for hours, but says that they can't come in because, of course, there's a mortal. Uh, Zelda says they, they can't leave them outside because they'll get brain freeze, clever writing, and uh, while Hilda protests, Zelda eventually invites the brains into the dining room. In Sabrina's room, the girls get ready for bed as Jenny counts the thunder and lightning Hilda accidentally caused, noting how close it is. Sabrina then mentions how whitening is something they get around here a lot, and uh, Jenny compliments her turret and says how the house has a general gothic feel which makes it seem like anything could happen. Jenny then asks if Sabrina wants to share secrets and goes first, revealing that after she read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, she she now believes in other realms, and that like Edmund, she could go through a wardrobe to Narnia... If only she found the right door. Insane. <laughs> she then throws it to Sabrina, who apparently is an open book, and of course this uh as her magic book is not only sentient but very ad- very adept at recognizing comedic moments, chooses to slide out from under her bed and uh, Sabrina has to wrestle with it to keep it underneath the bed. Uh This then forces Sabrina to kneel down to block the book from coming out, and that's where she tells Jenny that she does have a secret, but it's a hard one to share. Eventually, through Jenny's support and, you know, prayer, Sabrina musters the courage to tell Jenny her deep, dark secret that she's a slob. Well,
0: come on, everyone has secrets. Actually, um, I do have a secret. I'd really like to tell you, but it's kind of hard. Well, Sabrina, you can tell me anything. I promise I won't think it's strange. Okay, well, the truth is, Jenny, I'm a... really messy person. What? Total slob. You're messy. That's your big secret? Yes. Yeah, sh- what was that? I better go check. You stay here and... You stay here.
1: Uh, Jenny is, of course, unimpressed as... Uh, she hears a crash from downstairs, which Sabrina goes to investigate, telling Jenny to just, you know, stay put. Don't move. Seeing Salem by the steps, she asks him to guard the door, but Salem just drops some honest-to-God truth about cats. Salem, guard my door
0: so Jenny doesn't go anywhere, okay? Hey, dogs guard, cats watch and judge.
1: <laughs> As she heads downstairs, uh Sabrina discovers that the sound was Erwin the brain being knocked down and his tube breaking, leaving just a large, gross brain flopping on the floor. Zelda explains how it started over a debate about the shipping news and how Velia telekinetically pushed him, but Sabrina just wants to know why the hell there are two giant brains here. Just then, Hilda and Morty run out of the kitchen chasing Winty, who has her pie. And all this is just too much for Sabrina, uh, as she heads upstairs to tell Jenny she has to go home because she, Sabrina's feeling sick. Okay, Phil, we covered a lot there. We did. Uh, let's go back to uh, go back to the kitchen and, and Sabrina pushing her upstairs. I thought it was just a really funny uh, bit by Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, you're uh, winning, you're winning. <laughs> it was great. And it, it does, this episode in, in Mass, I think, shows a lot of good comedic timing by Melissa Joan Hart. Yep. Erwin and Velia. Yes. Let's talk about the two giant telekinetic brains.
2: So Uh, so like you said, Zelda sent them an email. So uh, via AOL. So for those of you who don't know, AOL uh, back in the day was uh, one of the major internet service providers uh, for America, hence AOL. Uh, But you would have to dial in through AOL to get onto the internet uh, so, uh, before, you know, Facebook and, uh, Snapchat and all these wonderful apps we have nowadays, you would have to actually be in a chat room to speak with someone. So you would mm-hmm. actually get in there into a room of, of people you didn't know and you would, uh, meet them and talk to them. So, Honestly. so it looks like Irwin, uh, got, got himself caught into, a, in a pickle here. man. Um, which leaves, your, leaves you scratching your brain, no pun intended.
1: You've totally intended that pun. <laughs> er, er, Erwin's the 1997 equivalent of Anthony Weiner. Oh, that's true, pretty much. Um, okay, let's just talk about this also. They mentioned that they can't leave because the taxi just left and it won't be back for a couple of hours.
2: Couple Two hours, they said. Won't be back for two hours.
1: So, in the mortal realm, somehow two... Brains, Two telekinetic brains managed to get a taxi to a house. What the fuck is going on?
2: But see, this is, yeah, they're in the, you got That's right. They're in the mortal realm. So it's not, it's not, you know, in the other realm.
1: No, they ring the regular doorbell.
2: Exactly. So they're not upstairs ringing the doorbell. They're downstairs. So somebody around in Massachusetts is driving around with two big brains sitting in the back seat talking to them talking through to them. their brain <laughs> and you know they drive him to the house oh well we can't get that
1: taxi for another two hours now also can we just talk about the horrifying visual of erwin flopping on the floor Oh, i don't know how they did it but it looks fantastic and by fantastic i mean disgustingly terrifying
2: i mean it, it was reminiscent of something out of like uh, independence day the movie yeah um I thought it looked amazing for, for a show like theirs. Right. Uh, I mean, it was pretty gross looking, but again, it, it, it uh, served its purpose. Um, and then a couple other things that, uh, I'd like to talk about, mm-hmm. um, when they're discussing the book as she runs downstairs, they talk about, you know, Velia says, uh, that book doesn't deserve a Pulitzer prize. And Irwin says, please, if Wendy Watsonman can win one a little dig at, uh, Wendy Wasserman, Wasserstein. Sorry, pardon me.
1: Wasserstein. I don't know who that is even like, what, what I it didn't get read? the joke.
2: I don't know who Wendy Wasserstein is. I, I might, you know, uh, might have to, might look, have to look it up while you're, uh, continue talking here.
1: I mean, I, I get the whole thing is that like, they're a bunch of elitist brains. Cause like who the hell read the shipping news? I didn't. I know a lot of people did, but I didn't cause I was probably like four, two when it came out. But, um, yeah, I mean, make references. 1997 teenagers will get AOL. That, go, go back to those. Also, did you like how Sabrina and Jenny had matching old lady nightgowns?
2: Yes. Um. It it looked like something out of Peter Pan with Wendy wearing you know this long gown that made like absolutely zero sense.
1: It it was great. I I guess it was a thing in 1997 that girls would wear just you know turn of the century nightgowns. Also, I think this is where we first get our like full look at Winty as he runs through the uh dining room. I thought he looked a lot like a wool-covered Mexican midget wrestler.
2: Uh, and probably, it's probably the casting.
1: I would say and judging by the way he moves, he's pretty spry. I I wouldn't be surprised if he was legitimately just a a Mexican midget wrestler in there.
2: I don't know. If I were um if I were someone from Star Wars, I'd be uh, suing cuz it looked like a little Ewok <laughs> running around. <laughs>
1: oh man like for the most part you don't see how bad the costume is because he's just like moving but at the end you get a look at him it's just like they just they spent no amount of their money on this costume
2: absolutely none
1: all right let's get back to the story here upstairs jenny emerges from sabrina's room and asks salem if he knows where the winning closet is as all that talk of narnia has made her want to check theirs out She finds it, despite Salem's worried meows, and as she enters it, is transported to the other realm just as Sabrina arrives on the scene. Salem fills her in, noting that he's glad she's gone, and Sabrina frightfully checks the linen closet in vain. After a commercial break, uh, Sabrina is in full freak-out mode over Jenny, and her yelling attracts her aunt's. She explains the whole situation to them, basically. And Hilda pulls kind of a, like, aw shucks face. Basically like, oh, I, I guess she's in the other realm. Darn it. Not really grasping the totality of the situation.
0: Jenny! Jenny, where are you? Sabrina, what's all the shouting? Are you all right? No, I think Jenny got sent to the other realm. Oh, no, I'm sure she didn't. But Salem saw her go in the closet and shut the door. Oh, then I guess she did.
1: Elsewhere, in what I assume is an outer space Japanese garden, Jenny arrives lost, and is soon greeted by Teller, to the sounds of limbo music. Hello?
0: Is anyone here? Wow. Am I in Narnia? Who are you? Skippy, the overlord's underling. Cool! Can you talk? You have a frog in your throat! Where am I? Limbo! I'm in limbo! Then I was right, there is another realm. And it's in Sabrina's linen closet.
1: Teller gives Jenny his card, explaining that his name is Skippy, and also explaining his position as the Overlord's underling, before showing her the literal frog in his throat. An amazed Jenny asks where she is, and through gestures, Skippy says that she's in limbo, explaining all the Calypso music. Uh, Jenny then wonders if Sabrina knows about the other realm in her closet, and after Skippy nods yes, Jenny bemoans how Sabrina's been holding out on her. Uh... Jenny then asks if there's anyone else she can talk to, and Skippy limboes her away to introduce her to somebody else. We then get an insane sight, even for this episode. Uh, (laughs) Drell doing military presses in a gym-slash-grove of old trees, complete with giant apples and pears. Drell basically gets 900 sorry 9999 military presses before noting that's all he's got in them
2: that's all i could do
1: it's 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 pretty impressive uh <laughs> skippy enters with jenny who says she's never seen a place like this before and Drell hilariously mocks her
2: <laughs> it's called a gym who are you <laughs>
1: it, it's pretty great
2: It's <laughs> all i can do Wow! Awesome. Oh, thanks.
0: I've never seen a place like this before. It's called a gym. Who are you?
1: Jenny introduces herself, asking who Drell is, and an offended Drell announces that he's the head of the Winch- of the witches council, which amazes her as she's a mortal. Drell then laughs this off, and eventually turns her into a bug as is his duty. Uh a grasshopper to be clear before lecturing skippy about bringing home strays okay phil the uh (laughs) some interesting things here what did you think of the Wimbo set
2: uh okay like you said it looked like something out of uh like a 1960s sci-fi uh set that they just created
1: it was Uh, amazing like uh, the The background is weird. I thought it looked like a, like a Peter, not a Peter Frampton cover, a uh, an Eric Clapton cover. Yes. Um. Like there's there are these benches and there's there are all these like panels on the side. It's
2: yeah. It was weird looking.
1: I mean, even even for this show. Yeah. Uh, definitely the worst of the two sets that we see in these scenes. I mean, I kind of as ridiculous as the whole gym slash garden thing is i kind of love it it like, was
2: uh it was it was kind of weird especially later on uh yeah when when uh as we'll get to when jenny's running but uh but yeah it was a little
1: weird though i love how ridiculous it is and i also love how like shabbily it's put together like they just wrap vines around a uh a um i think the only thing- treadmill
2: I think the only thing more ridiculous than the gym is Drell's costume as he's doing bench presses or military presses out there. Yeah,
1: he's basically dressed as a giant, which yes. I kind of loved because i it, it finally illustrates, like, for one, Pen gigantism. Yes. Uh, but it, kinda, it, it works with the overall theme of, like, her entering this otherworldly place.
2: There was a couple of lines that I liked, I, uh, like we talked before, where he says... Uh, uh, this is a gym that was pretty yeah. hilarious uh and then you know he goes on to you know I, she asks he says i'm Drell from the witches council she says you're a witch and he says yeah aren't you and she yeah. goes no i'm a mortal and he laughs and he goes uh, he's like you're a mortal really that's funny she goes it is why because i'm about to turn you into a grasshopper and turns her into a grasshopper
1: honestly uh pendulette I mean, every time I see him on on the show, I'm amazed at how good an actor he is in the role of Drell. He's just a great mix of arrogant, overbearing, and just really, really funny all at the same time.
2: I mean, every time that you see him on that screen, you know there's going to be a good couple of lines coming up.
0: You're a witch? Yeah, aren't you? No, I'm
1: a mortal. (laughs) (laughs) You're a (laughs) mortal? Really? (laughs) That's funny. It is. Why? (laughs) Because now I have to turn you into a grasshopper. (laughs) Skippy, man, where do you pick up these strays?
2: Don't look so sad. You know, you can't have a mortal. You didn't feed the last one.
1: I thought I was also really struck by uh, Teller's performance, as he's really, you don't really notice it, although you you figure that, you know, thinking it over, he must be really good at, at, you know, physical acting because he doesn't speak. Um, but he's really good at getting emotion out without words like you really gain a lot of sympathy for him and and he gets a lot of jokes in all without saying a word it's really impressive on his part
2: yeah i mean he you would you would think that he was some kind of uh vaudeville actor or some kind of uh you know uh, something it's one of those old-timey actors especially the way you know he can communicate so much without saying a word
1: mm-hmm. definitely all right, back in Wimbo, uh, which is something shouldn't be said very often. Uh, Sabrina arrives, and uh, we see how crappy the set is as it starts to wobble when they enter. <laughs> I
2: didn't notice that.
1: <laughs> it, it really, not, not not built to last.
2: Did they slam the door and it
1: started wobbling? <laughs> no, we just like walk through and the thing starts <laughs> to like shake. Whoa! I think, it's I think it's because a lot of it is green screens.
2: Yeah, I got you.
1: But anyway, uh, Sabrina's upset because she doesn't see Jenny here and Zelda tells her that everything will be all right, noting that when things get tough, denial is all we have. Just then, Skippy comes back in, and the witches ask if he's seen Jenny, causing Skippy to lead the way. Being in limbo, however, of course the Spellmans have to limbo behind Skippy all the way to the gym, probably. I mean, in my mind, they limboed all the way until they entered the gym. Um, When they arrive in the gym... All they see is Drell riding a unicycle, as you do. And uh, they just tell him that they were looking for somebody who's obviously not here, so they'll just be leaving now. Goodbye, Mr. Drell. Drell then stops them, saying that maybe he has seen who they're looking for, and begins another honestly hilarious line of questioning. (laughs) It was so great. Which ends in him revealing Jenny the Grasshopper. Wait, maybe I uh, have seen her. Is her name Jenny? Yes. Does she have green eyes? Yeah. Is she a vegetarian? Yeah. Does she have a segmented body and ears on her thorax? No. What a bet? (laughs) Oh, dear.
0: Jenny, what did you do to her?
1: I turned her into a grasshopper. Sabrina asks how he could do this, but Drell notes that it's a rule of the other realm and how rules of the other realm are queer about mortals. And highlights that rules are rules. Sabrina asks to see these rules, leading Drell to summon the rule bearer to the sounds of sassy kind of Britishy horn music. A rule bearer, bearer, the rule bearer dressed in a Cyrano outfit for some reason, uh, arrives with a soapbox. (laughs) Like like arrives. She's one prepared rule bearer (laughs) puts the soapbox down. She is short, so she might need it. Yeah. Uh, and starts reading the rules of the realm, only getting as far as all giants must wipe their feet before Drell, you know, does the smart thing and tells her to just get to the part about mortals.
0: Rule number two. All giants must wipe their feet before... Uh, Okay, just get to the
1: part about mortals. (laughs) Rule number 714. Any mortal who passes into this realm shall be transformed into a creepy, crawly thing. That's the rule. Here's your friend. The jar is yours to keep. An agitated bear then speeds through her long, winding scroll to rule 714, stating any mortal who passes into this realm shall be transformed into a creepy, crawly thing. Sabrina is just destroyed for Jenny, but Zelda tells her not to cry, and uh, the rule bear agrees, noting that rule five five uh, 555 says no blubbering. <laughs> Sabrina then just runs off, and while Hilda starts to go after her, Zelda stops Hilda, noting that they have to redefine their relationship, or their friendship, excuse me, redefine their friendship. Yes. Sabrina then takes Jenny back to Limbo, you know, show her the Japanese garden once again. <laughs> And uh, starts apologizing to Jenny, noting that she really did want to tell her she was a witch. Uh, Phil, I thought one of the funny things we saw here was while well, uh, when when the Spellmans have to limbo, Caroline Ray clearly really wasn't into it and kind of phones it in, but right. Beth, Bro- Beth Broderick, and Melissa Joan Hart just go full out. You know, there's a lot of shimmying. I thought I was.
2: Of- a, I thought I was somewhere in the uh, you know, on the in the in Bermuda somewhere at, at a right. limbo contest with those two, watching them go at it.
1: They were they were they were giving it fucks. I know, mean, as, as I, yeah, like you said, uh, you
2: know, Hilda the, it was just like, yeah, whatever. Zelda and, and Sabrina, they were just <laughs> yeah. going full board.
1: I already put on the June Cleaver outfit. That's all you get <laughs> this episode. <laughs> it's not in my contract. I don't have to limbo. Yeah, and 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 again, more more great uh, comedy from Penjolat. Just great delivery.
2: Oh yeah, the um, the uh, the one where the where he you know about the um, rules, where he's calling her out and says you know he calls her out and starts talking about um, you know have you seen my friend and you know she talked about the vertebrate the you know uh, that what was I believe the line is um, let's see here. Oh, he just says, I turned I turned your I turned her into a grasshopper. And he goes, why? He said, because that's the rules, and the rules are the rules.
1: Yes. Phil, let me ask you. He, he does mention that it was either a grasshopper or a K-did. If you had the choice, would you rather be a grasshopper or a K-did?
2: Um, I think grasshopper.
1: See, that's what I thought, and then I Googled what K-dids were, and they're uh, horrifying. Uh,
2: are they horrifying-looking, or they're just horrifying in general?
1: They're horrifying looking, and there's like surprisingly a lot of videos of grasshoppers and kaidids fighting. Mm-hmm. And from the ones I've seen, K-Dids are monsters and they destroy grasshoppers.
2: I guess I might have to change my vote here.
1: They're pretty terrifying in in every way. They're big green ones. They're not great looking. Um, I did think that that Zelda's redefine their friendship line was kind of weird because. It's delivered so over dramatically that it seems like it's comedic, but it's not played as comedic. It's played as sincere.
0: Look, I just want to be alone. Aw, oh, Sabrina. Let her go. They need to redefine their friendship.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, which was kind of weird because, you know, you're like, okay, like, because you know Jenny's not going to stay a Grasshopper. Right. You which, know something's I mean, going to happen.
1: I kind of like that because... It kind of illustrates how, you know, Hilda and Zelda are accepting of Drell's power, and you know they know Drell. They know how powerful he is. That so once he does something, it's basically signed, seal delivered. Um, but I just thought the line itself was just an odd delivery. Um, one last funny thing I noticed when Sabrina enters Limbo after uh, she gets Jenny, she's like super sad and super heartbroken, and yet she still gets sassy Limbo music. <laughs> it's like (laughs) whoever whoever was editing this was just like fuck it i don't care if she's got her her dead parents in her arms she's gonna get limbo music (laughs) do you know how much
2: calypso music rights cost lady we're playing it all (laughs) for all we can get
0: oh jenny what have i done your parents are gonna be so mad at me
1: we're using it every single time
2: and then, uh, of course, you know like you said, we meet the rule bearer, and then you know she starts reading the rules and rule one do you remember what rule one was al
1: uh no spitting,
2: no spitting yeah so you could you know that is the number one rule up at the a, other realm you could do you anything else, but don't
1: spit it's a fair rule though <laughs> like if I was gonna set up, if I was gonna write a, a set of rules that people couldn't uh, things that people couldn't do, no spitting pretty high up there.
2: Yep, I, I could see that. You know, you don't want to hey, spit.
1: Maybe no killing first, but no spitting is probably high up there. Yep. Anyway, back to the show here. After explaining to Jenny how she only wanted one night to be normal, Sabrina realized that sorry really isn't enough and offers Grasshopper Jenny, the great equalizer, a leaf. <laughs> uh, chirp, chirp 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 just then the rule bearer enters and asks if she can smoke her pipe noting it's just a bubble pipe as she's really stressed because of all her work you know reading rules (laughs) horribly stressful almost as stressful as being a podcaster she apologizes for the way things went in there noting that she really hates rule 714 as there's really nothing wrong with mortals to her uh, after Sabrina tells her all about Jenny, the rule bear asks why she doesn't just find a loophole, noting that rule 803 says for every rule there is a loophole, a giant hindrance to all the 802 previous rules.
0: I'm sorry about the rules. I don't make them up. I only read them. And personally, I think 714 stinks. I mean, what is so bad about mortals? Nothing, especially Jenny. She was the coolest. <sighs> so, uh... Why not find a loophole there are loopholes yeah don't you know the rule what rule i'm off duty but uh rule number 803 for every rule there is a loophole In fact, there are more loopholes than rules so there's a chance i can save jenny yeah but not for another five minutes i gotta finish my bubbles
1: she uh then says that she may be able to save jenny but only after she's done smoking her bubbles because again i'm really rattled this job is killing me
2: give me five minutes
1: i need my personal time (laughs) we uh we then see sabrina enter the enchanted gym once again telling her aunts that a loophole says mortals without conscious knowledge of the realm may pass through it freely so all they have to do is get rid of jenny's conscious knowledge i.e by convincing her she's dreaming and they'll be set after Drell gives us an O-toothpicks, oh, which I thoroughly oh, toothpicks. enjoyed. O-toothpicks. Oh, he returns Jenny to her human form to let Sabrina try and convince her she's sleeping. What then happens is a great menagerie of hilarious lies Sabrina tells Jenny. Uh, this all starts by her and her aunts doing some wavy <laughs> dream hands to her.
2: <laughs> Ted, let me tell, tell you about the dream hands. Probably the worst thing I've seen in, on that show so far.
1: I love how. Dreaming. How, You've been I, dreaming. I love how her aunts stick to it to like the very end. Like, <laughs> even when Jenny finally weighs down to fall asleep, like, Hilda is still waving her to sleep. <laughs> anyway, Jenny no sells at noting that it really just. She doesn't think they're dreaming. She just thinks you're waving your hands in front of my face.
0: Hey, Sabrina, you're here. No, I'm not. And neither are you. You're having a dream it doesn't seem like it it seems like you're just making swishy arm motions
1: she then, as Sabrina does, tells Jenny that uh she's got to be dreaming because now, look, she's got to go take a test on invertebrate zoology, which she hasn't prepared for, and quickly fails. You better get to work. things then get really kind of mean as Sabrina says. Oh, look, your dead grandfather. Run to him. <laughs> while, that was so messed up. While putting her on a treadmill, weaving her to just call her grandpa's name and chase after him in vain. And
0: now, look! Your dead grandfather! Come here, quick! Get on this! Run to him! Grandpa! Grandpa! I'm running as fast as I can, but I'm not getting any closer! That's because it's a dream.
1: Grandpa, Grandpa. Honestly, how she's your friend anymore, I don't know. Jenny uh, is starting to believe that she's having a dream, but says something is missing. Namely, 80s music heartthrob and Melrose Playstar star Jack Wagner, <laughs> who Sabrina soon pops in to Jenny's delight. Jenny, now in Jack's arms, starts to get upset when he doesn't remember saving her from the evil King Herbert and getting married at stonehenge phil (laughs) my god okay going back for going back for a second i thought melissa Joan hart's whole i just want to be normal speech was great i think it was i think it was
2: very good uh it kind of speaks to her inner thoughts and what's going on in her head um you know she feels like an outcast she feels like you know, she's not a normal teenager, and mm-hmm. uh, she confided in, in uh, you know, Grasshopper Jenny to tell all this stuff, okay. too.
1: And it's great because I think it really highlights the dichotomy of the Sabrina character, you know? Yeah. The amazing aspects of being a witch that she gets to experience versus the loss of normalcy. Yep.
0: Look, just so you know, I really did want to tell you my secret, which I guess at this point is obvious. Surprise! I'm a witch. But it's not as much fun as you would think. I mean... All I wanted to do was spend one normal night at my house. You know, one night to have a sleepover, eat a little popcorn, play some board games. Was that so much to ask? I'll take that chirp as a yes. But anyway, I just wanted to say I'm sorry.
1: Uh, That said, I thought it was really well written. I thought it could have been performed a little bit better, but it was still really good. Um, The Rule Bearer's performance here is... uh, uh, it It was interesting... It kind of highlights to me like the unseen side of servants, you know, because like she just gets summoned in and is expected to do her job. But then like five minutes later, she's like, God, this job is killing me.
2: Yeah. And, and then we, we learn uh, from her that for every rule, there has to be a loophole, at least one loophole. So there's more loopholes than there are rules. Which kind of defeats the purpose of the rules, but... Which kind of makes you think that it's Congress. Um, The other realm is in Congress, it seems.
1: Oh, very clearly. (laughs) I felt like the the resolution kind of comes out of nowhere. It's just like, I don't like this rule. Well, luckily for you, there are a ton of never-before-mentioned loopholes. Here you go.
2: Go save your friend. Oh, let me get the loophole roll out. Oh, great.
1: Yeah. Let's get to the real like, golden part of this scene, which is the whole Jenny... Trust me, your dreaming scene. Yes, my god, it's fucking hilarious! Like it's for so a, many reasons.
2: Well, because she's like, uh, I don't think I am dreaming. Right. She was, well, look at the size of this fruit. You have to be dreaming, right? And then she's like, "Well, now you have a test." And as they're still doing the wavy hands, yeah. And she goes, "Oh, invertebrate zoology." You and then you know Hilda goes, "Well, you better get to work." Uh, so she, you know, Jenny picks up the test and starts doing the test, and oh, well, you failed. So we're just like, "Well, time's up. You failed." And and it's and like, the, I didn't even start yet, you know. Yeah.
1: And the great thing is, Sabrina mentions, how she, "Oh, you've been you've been taking this test for hours."
2: Yeah, and then you have uh, you know Sabrina going, "Oh, look, there's your dead grandfather. Run to Which, him quickly!" And then she throws her on the treadmill, and you know horrible. she starts screaming, "Grandpa, Grandpa!" And she's like, "I'm running as fast as I can, but I can't get any closer." And then, of course, you know, Sabrina grabs her, you know, starts swishing
1: her arms and going, that's because you're, It's a dream. Honestly, it, it's, the whole scene is just a great <laughs> performance by everyone involved. Even, even Penn Jillette in the background, just looking really bored at all this. Like, yes. God, just get this over with. And then poor Jack Wagner
2: has to get thrown into it. He's just Let's at talk- home doing whatever. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's at the other realm. Like, what the heck am I doing here?
1: Let's talk about Jack Wagner for a second. Yes. Is it, is it weird that. A 16 year old girl is like dreaming and idolizing a 37 year old man not necessarily i mean if you think about it i mean
2: i i was about i mean i was pretty much about that age i mean i was thinking of women in their 30s but i mean so i could understand where you know i guess that show was a very big show melrose place was uh he was you know he was a star in melrose place so I mean, it would be like if she was dreaming. I mean, I couldn't believe David Hasselhoff didn't show up. I mean, this is Baywatch <laughs> was going on. I couldn't believe that that had showed up, but uh, they got
1: they got Eddie Cibrian, Phil.
2: There you go. So, you know, Jack Wagner shows up and, you know, he's like, she's like, he's like, where am I? And Jenny's like, oh, this is a dream. She He goes, oh, it seems pretty real to me. I do love that he does fucking
1: nothing in the scene, like, <laughs> nothing, and collects a paycheck for it. He he does like he he might he might compete with Eddie Sibrian in who has done the least in their Sabrina the teenage witch appearance. It's like Eddie Sibrian just was zapped in to spin around and show his butt, and Jack Wagner is just here to hold Jenny for a second. I um, I could
2: literally tell you the lines verbatim for him.
1: Yeah, uh, it, all, okay, all so, two of them.
2: But as you can tell. There isn't much in here, uh, Uh, at least of words, uh, you know, of acting ability.
1: No. Uh, Maybe Jenny just really loves All I Need. What's your favorite song? (laughs) Reference. Uh, Anyway, Sabrina rightfully tells Jenny to get a grip as she zaps Jack Wagner away. And uh, Jenny is left to say... Don't go, Jack, Like really sadly. It's just good acting on 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 Michelle Bodo in's point uh, part rather. Uh, Jenny soon decides that she wants to wake up as she doesn't like this dream. And Sabrina tells her that she can only wake up if she goes to sleep because dreams, you know. Uh, with the help of the sleepy Hand Spellmans, Jenny soon dozes <laughs> off, falling asleep on the gym floor for some reason. Uh, after Drell's attempt to wake her up is thwarted by the rule about letting sweeping mortals lie, Sabrina overly cockishly tells Drell that she won this round.
0: Too bad, Drell. Looks like I win this round.
1: Ah! Uh, we then see the Spellmans walking into Sabrina's room, levitating a sleeping Jenny a la the pilot, As Sabrina notes that she wishes she got Jack Wagner's autograph. As they head downstairs, Zelda notes how everything turned out fine, just as we spot Salem, the Brains, Morty, and Winty playing Monopoly. Salem claims Marvin Gardens, happily, as uh, Winty polishes off the rest of Hilda's apple pie, and Sabrina notes that it's just a typical night over at the Spellman house. Uh, The next morning, Jenny comes down to breakfast and tells Sabrina all about her freaky dream and how she went to another dimension, uh, was turned into a bug by a giant witch, and how she was saved by Jack Wagner. Uh, she then tells Sabrina how fun it was and how she wishes freaky stuff like that would happen all the time. Sabrina, seeing Winty run out of the kitchen behind them, basically just knows that, you know, freaky stuff isn't always cracked up to be and uh as the credits roll the rule bearer is back to give us a few more rules of the realm i thought most hilariously probably rule number 58 not using double negatives will be disallowed and uh, that's basically where the episode (laughs) wraps up uh phil what did you think about this closing here these last two scenes
2: um well let's see let's go back to um
1: Jack Wagner disappearing.
2: Jack Wagner disappearing. So Jack Wagner disappears. um, And then we have, uh, you know, they're trying to put her to sleep because it's a dream. And to wake up, you have to go back to sleep. Right. Of course. Um, So uh, we have, you know, Drell yelling, wake up. Uh, And then we find out rule uh, 42 is uh, let sleeping mortals lie. And then, you know. As you said, Sabrina says uh, she won this this round. And Drell says, uh, you little witches are so annoying, which I thought right. was hilarious.
1: It is hilarious, but what what I was left wondering here is, why the fuck is Sabrina being so cocky to Drell? He's the fucking head of the Witches' Council. He's threatened to turn you into a cat before. He'll do it so fucking fast.
2: She's, she's done it many a times, so though. This isn't the first time that she's, you know... Uh, basically try to go against the establishment uh, uh, in Drell but she's playing with fucking fire here you know that's what happens sometimes when you play the with funny, fire you get burnt
1: the funny thing is like while he is like arrogant and kind of jerky Drell is not doing anything wrong he's literally just following the rules he is rules are rules Sabrina Ex-
2: except when he yelled uh, as we all know uh, lying mortals may have to lie you can't wake up yes. a lying mortal
1: that is true. <laughs> um, did you have a favorite rule the rule bear reads out at the end of their film?
2: Um Probably um, that uh, bats can't be kept as pets. We learned yes. that. And that yeah. all children under 10 must be accompanied by monkeys.
1: Which, in all honesty, as a rule, is just a horrible idea. Because there'd be monkeys everywhere, and they're real sons of bitches.
2: All, and all witches must eat their carrots, Al
1: it's a solid vegetable. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I no feelings. Left. All right, Phil, that that was basically the episode. Uh, what did you think of the episode as a whole?
2: Uh, like I said at the beginning, um, I, I think it was probably, um, I mean, it was probably the top 50% tile of, of, uh, of all, out of all the episodes we've watched, uh, out of all the episodes we've watched in the last 13, it's probably, I would say in the top, uh, four or five episodes.
1: I agree. I mean, I thought the episode, uh, it, it has a ton of funny lines. Everyone's delivery is pretty much on point. Uh, it, it really deepens the complexity of a lot of the characters. You get a much better understanding of them. Uh, I thought the Spellman family as a whole is rounded out nicely because you can. there's a lot of fun family bits, and you, you, you really buy them as a real family. And honestly, there's just a lot of funny, clever uses of magic and, and illustrations of the differences of the other realm throughout. I actually like this episode a lot more than I remember before I watched it for this ep- for this uh, show. Uh, now, Phil, you do know I rank my episodes uh, of *Supreme Teenage*, which on a very specific rating, uh very specific scale, the uh, TGIF scale. That is correct. This good I feel. Uh, if you were to rank this episode on that scale, where does it rank, Phil?
2: Um, well, let's. Uh... I would say you should probably let for new listeners. Uh yes. you might want to uh re or since I forgot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely for new listeners. Don't worry. You might want to go ahead and just say what the right If you
1: are is. if you are unaware about the the way the scale works, of, of course Phil knows all of this already. Or forgetful uh, it's like a, Phil. It's a 1 to 5 scale. Uh a one each one having a corresponding TGIF show. Uh, a one is a you wish a two is a Teen Angel. A three is a hanging with Mr. Cooper. A four is a Family Matters. And a five out of five is a Boy Meets World.
2: I think it would be somewhere between Hangin' with Mr. Cooper and mm-hmm. Family Matters is, is where I would put it.
1: That's fair. I, I actually had it a, at a low Boy Meets World, but a Boy Meets World. I, I really enjoyed this one in its totality. Okay.
2: Well, maybe you liked it a little bit more than I did. I don't know.
1: I did, but that's because one of us has a podcast about Sabrina Tieny's Witch. And the other one one... just
2: just shows up from time to time.
1: (laughs) That's right. Uh, Now, we go to the main event here, Phil, as, uh, as our listeners are quite well aware. I also have a special award we hand out every week to each episode's biggest fashion flop, that being the Back of the Linen Closet Award. Phil, who gets your back of the linen closet award this week? I, Which piece of clothing?
2: I think, as you said before, Al, uh, I would have to say uh, Jenny's leafy green sweater. I think it takes the cake this week because that thing was
1: hideous. Yeah, the the combination of that abysmal sweater and the ludicrously ugly uh, overalls that are paired with it. Yep. Bad choices, Jenny. Bad choices. Honestly, walking into the linen closet was probably the third worst idea she has (laughs) all right well phil that's the episode thank you so much for being here
2: al it's a pleasure i hope uh now that we got this rolling we could probably do uh, a few more from from time to time
1: i I do know but you are one of everyone's favorite guests have you taken a poll no i'm just making it up but i'm sure people like it
2: (laughs) i haven't heard anything negative yet but
1: uh... uh I I do want to quickly plug uh, where where people can contact Sabrina's Witch Trials. Of course, there's Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash Sabrina's Witch Trials on Twitter at Sabrina Podcast. Uh, You can listen to us on SoundCloud, soundcloud soundcloud.com slash Sabrina's Witch Trials. You can also listen to us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, because I like to say SoundCloud twice, because that's one of the big places. I think that's where Phil listens. No, sorry. Phil listens to Sabrina's Witch Trials on Google Play's podcast section.
2: I do. It's wonderful there.
1: And you can listen to us there also, or your favorite podcatcher of choice. Uh, Phil, do you know who Brady Anderson is? I do not know. Well, Brady Anderson was a baseball player in the 1990s. I believe he played for the Orioles, and he's going to have a big... Big role in uh, the next episode we cover, Sabrina Through the Looking Glass, I believe is the title. Ah. So get ready for that, because believe me, it, there's one good thing about that episode that everyone remembers, and then the and it's right at the end, and then the first like 16 minutes are pretty dull and abysmal.
2: No a- no AOL chat room for you uh, for Sabrina's podcast?
1: No, but there is a certain Latin dessert involved. <laughs> Uh, But we'll cover that next episode. And until then, I want to say thank you for listening. I hope everybody has a wonderful New Year's, because this is the last episode uh, before for New Year. And uh, we will see you in the other realm.
0: And be quick about it. Our niece has a mortal over.
1: Oh, a mortal? I tuck in my tail, but it
0: tickles. (laughs)